Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Talking Toast with your girl, Chanel. I am so excited to bring this episode to you this week because this has been a learning week for me. It has been um, really impactful. It has been all about growth. Um, as consistently as every week is about growth. However, this week has been a little bit different. I started reading a new book called The Principles of Success. And boy, I have been so awakened and enlightened in a completely different way about myself, about my journey, about my past journey that has led me to where I am today um, and even dissolving the marriage, right? So tonight's episode is going to be a two-part. It is going to be in regards to alignment and accountability, something that so many of us are not in, in alignment, and we don't take accountability for our actions or take accountability for the choices that we've made in situations that we have been in or different dynamics in our lives. So sit back, relax, grab your juice, soda, water, or wine, and let's get into it. Thank you so much again for joining me this evening on another episode of Talking Toast. I, again, cannot be more excited about this topic, again, especially because it's been an impactful week for me in regards to growing and really just getting to a different space for myself. I thought that... The trajectory I was initially on was 100% right. And though part of that journey is still like spot on, I'm continuously growing into a better version of myself, which means that I am consistently learning and having an open mind and changing my surroundings and meditating a little differently even though I I understood what alignment and meditation meant uh I just find myself now doing it a bit differently than I was initially so you know one thing that's always been important to me when I bring a topic is to do some background on what it is that I'm going to talk about beyond my experience Another thing that's really important to me is when I'm doing the background, do I fully understand what it is that I want to talk about? Again, beyond my experience. I know that experience is life's best teacher. However, my experience may not be the same as yours. And so therefore, I like to have that combination of background and experience to bring it all together. 
So on last week's episode, I talked about music and music being so universal and transcending through the generations and across the globe and how music can help you become centered and how music can help you become um, focused. It can hype you up if you're going into like a big event and you just want to have that energy. It can help you to think if you're in a contemplative stage or you just need to focus. And so as I was doing some background on music and all of the beautiful attributes that comes with that art form, it led me into alignment. Alignment led me into the chakras and the chakras led me into meditation. And so with all of those things coming together, I thought it was very beneficial just to keep that flow going. So I'm going to start with alignment because I think it is something that would be um, just only befitting to go from music to alignment since that's, again, one of those things that music can do. It can calm the soul, calm the mind. It can calm the spirit. It music is, you know, a gateway. It provides a message. It evokes and expresses what you're feeling. Being in alignment is then gathering all of what you're feeling, your thoughts, your emotions, what your body is feeling based on your stress level and things of that nature and bringing it all together and learning to release it. So again, I, I said that it music led me into alignment, which led me into the chakras. And I, um, growing up, was always told that, like, dealing with stones and, you know, understanding your chakras and all of that stuff was out of alignment with God. The one thing that as I've gotten older and I started to learn how to really think for myself and break away from what societal norms are or just going with what someone told me because that's what they were taught and someone before them taught that. It doesn't always mean that the information is 100% inaccurate, but just as an adult, I can do the research for myself and figure out where I fit in that space and does it fit in with my belief system. I've mentioned before that I do believe in the Holy Trinity, but I'm not big about religion. Um, I don't want to be indoctrinated because I feel like sometimes religion will have you judging other people because you don't worship the same way that they do. I don't understand a different form of worship, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to judge them. I just want to be centered in my spirit. I want to be centered and connected with God in a way that not only when I like, and praying for someone else that I would be able to speak to them, but that when I'm praying for myself and my situation, that I can speak to myself, if that makes sense. (laughs) But let's start in with the chakras. So the word chakra uh, is Sanskrit. It means wheel. 
and it refers to the energy points in our bodies. The crown is most often where people start. Um, it is the seventh chakra and it is located at the top of our heads. Um, this chakra represents the higher consciousness, consciousness, excuse me, and divine connection. If you're out of balance in this chakra, it attributes to cynicism, uh, disregarding what is sacred. It also has closed mindedness and disconnection with the spirit. Um, I I'm still learning about the chakras, so I won't dive too, too deep into each one individually. I will actually do another part to this because I'm really excited to learn more about it, to consistently be in alignment with self and share how others can be in alignment as they are growing and walking into a new journey or just in a current journey and they just need to really uh, take the reins and take hold of some things that's going on in their lives. But I will say that there have been certain points in my life where I have been very closed-minded. I was closed off. I felt more frustrated in my emotions and I couldn't make sense of it and then that frustrated me even more it was just a lot you know what I mean it was just so much and I couldn't like really put the pieces of the puzzle together so I understand that chakra really well the next chakra is the sixth chakra and that is your third eye um, that chakra is located at the center of your forehead in between your eyebrows. It represents our intuition, our foresight. Uh, it is driven by openness and imagination. Now, just like the crown, it would attribute to a lack of uh, direction a lack of clarity, which kind of goes into where that closed mindedness comes in and just having that disconnection with the spirit. The next chakra is the fifth, which is your throat chakra. It's located, of course, in the neck, which is your throat region. It represents the ability to speak and communicate clearly with uh, others and effectively might I add um, if this chakra is off its imbalances would attribute to shyness being withdrawn arrogance and increased anxiety um, again I, I don't want to touch bases on too much of it until I dive deep but I will use my oldest daughter as an example to this one um, she had a really hard time being able to stand in front of people, communicate, say what she was feeling. She always was like really shy and withdrawn. Um, I don't, I, I can't speak to the arrogance part. However, as I began to help her and my other two, um, learn to meditate, learn to, speak to people, you know, allow them to have a voice 
in different situations that maybe other parents would not allow their children to have a voice in her throat chakra or should I, I won't just say her throat chakra, but her ability to be able to then speak up for herself and communicate in different ways and, you know, be very effective in communicating not only what she was feeling, but maybe about a particular topic. I've watched her grow into this phenomenal young woman in regards to her communication. It's been so beautiful. She has a vast vernacular and... I, as a parent, can't be more proud to see where she has come from to where she is now. And as a human being, we all are continuing to grow. And so in that respect, of course, she's a young adult. She's just turning 20. And so she still has room for growth and communication and things of that nature. But again, to see where she has come from to where she is now is just unbelievably beautiful okay so we're gonna move on the next chakra is the heart that is our fourth chakra and of course clearly the heart is located in the center of our chest it represents our love self-love and it governs our relationships all of us know too well or at one point in time have felt the feeling of heartbreak, whether that is losing a family member or a loved one. We know what it feels to have a broken heart. We also know what it feels like to be so in love with someone that you would do absolutely anything for them. It's that feeling that is almost indescribable. The biggest thing about the heart is that it's so delicate and it's so fragile, yet it continues to give and give and give as long as we're open to giving and receiving love. The hardest thing for me was self-love. I struggled in that area for quite, quite some time. I really did. Um, I, I struggled in the area of not liking the sound of my voice or, uh, the fact that I wasn't as shapely as a woman that I, I would like to be, or the fact that, um, I had a little more body hair than most women I would look at. And the funny thing is now that I'm an adult, I see women dealing with body hair issues from one reason or another and so that that part helped me um not that I wanted to see anybody else like struggling or anything like that it just put me in a place of um feeling like I wasn't the only one out there with that issue um and mine's may not be as extensive as someone else but just imagine as a woman you know, having to deal with some of the careless comments from men or young kids in regards to like facial hair or chest hair or arm hair or leg hair or just anything that they believe women should not have on their body. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so 
the heart chakra is um, one that, you know, we must be careful, got to guard it without being come, without becoming cold hearted. Um, the next one is the solar plexus. Now, this one doesn't have like a specific name that we can necessarily resonate with, but it's that space that you grab when you feel like you've just been gut punched. It's that space that's right up underneath of your chest. I would say right below the rib cage, right? And it's that when you want to cry from the depths of your soul or you want to just have that, um, you have that feeling, not you want to, but you have that feeling of just, again, that you've been gut punched. That's the solar plexus. It represents self-esteem, pleasure, willpower, and personal responsibility, which that personal responsibility ties into accountability, which we're going to touch bases on in the second half of this uh, episode. But if your solar plexus is off, um, it would attribute to low self-esteem, control issues, manipulative tendencies, and misuse of power. How many people, like, be real with yourself because I know you can't talk back to me. However, be real with yourself and you can talk back out loud while you in your house like, mm-hmm, or uh-uh, that doesn't apply to me. But again, be real with yourself when you can like genuinely say like, hey, I have, I have control issues or you know what? I tend to manipulate situations to be- benefit me or so that they are going to be you know, in in the will of what I want. Or even dealing with self-esteem issues. You know, we, we, especially as women, tend to look at other women or how men, you know, perceive women and the women that they're looking at and oogling and gawking over are complete opposite of you and just a whole like mess of things in regards to low self-esteem be honest how many of you have dealt with that your solar plexus is out of alignment (laughs) it's out of alignment baby i'm i'm telling you up until a certain point i realized hi my name is chanel and i had control issues okay all right i wanted to be in control of everything I wanted to be able to tell you what the plan was, how it was going to go down, down to the minute, blah, blah, blah. The best thing that somebody reminded me of was, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And I began to realize after they said that to me, and it, it took a couple more times of them saying it to me, just simple as put, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And the moment that I stopped trying to control every ounce of everything in my home, within myself, in other people, how life was so much easier, it was less stress in trying to control everything. I just got to a place that 
Some things, whatever happened, happened. What I can control, I will deal with. What I can't, hey, I'm not even going to worry about it. I don't have time to try to figure out every minute of this dynamic or situation or what what have you. So, yeah, I can definitely agree that my solar plexus was way out of order. (laughs) Shoot, up until this point right now, we're down to the third chakra. And again, that's the solar plexus. From the top of my head down to the solar plexus, baby, I've been all out of alignment, okay? Now, I don't know who can resonate with that or is like, girl, who you telling? But I'm going to sit here and tell you 100% that I have been out of alignment for so long. If I had enough time to tell you how out of alignment I was, Baby, we would be here for hours. And I'll share things along the way because, of course, this is all a journey and this is me being transparent with you all. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) when I tell you, out of pocket, out of pocket, woo, I look, yeah, (laughs) out of pocket. We're going to keep it moving, y'all. So um, the next one um comes in at the second chakra, which is our sacral. Um, it is right below the navel. It uh, represents creative and sexual urges. If you're out of balance on your sacral chakra, it would uh, contribute to a lack or repressed creativity, sexual dysfunction, uh, withheld intimacy, and emotional isolation. Ooh, here we go again. Look, I must have been 100% all out of alignment, y'all, because everything for me is on the imbalance side. I mean, there are moments that, you know, my creativity was spot on. Um, I don't know if, I don't remember if I've ever mentioned to you all in this journey that I design clothing. Um, and designing clothing is, you know, for some it's easy, for others it's like, girl, I don't even know how you came up with that idea. Um, but I have had moments where my creativity has just been null and void. I've gone into the crafting room to try to create something spectacular and I just drew a blank. I've sat down at the sketching board and just drew a blank. I've looked at inspiration and drew a blank just literally absolutely drew a blank um and I know that I have mentioned to you before just in um in regards to my relationship where intimacy was something that I no longer wanted to take place in because of so many different things um which I'll touch base on a little bit of that in accountability but I was off like I didn't want to have that um, sexual experience anymore and I didn't want to be involved in any sexual experiences Um, you know not just because my chakra was off but I was unhappy in the space that I was in and um, I 
I just didn't want to be bothered at all. Um, you know, it it just was really weird. Yeah, that that was really um it was off. Yeah. I have to say it it was off. Um Hmm. Hmm. It makes me think back to a conversation that I had with P. Um, We were talking about how um, our intimacy was off and the intimacies that make up a relationship no longer existed especially the physical intimacy. Um, And as a woman, I've come to terms with my emotions are tied into my physical intimacy. And if my feelings are hurt, why would I want to indulge in a physical intimacy that is so, um, so connected? It's an exchange of energies. It's an exchange of emotions. It's whether it's three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, two hours, 20 minutes, two hours. Like no matter what, it's an exchange of energies. And I just, I didn't want that or have that continuous exchange of energy. I think partially because I knew I was ready to leave. Um, and it was just taking the time for the physical to catch up to like what my mind and my heart was already saying. So yeah, um, wow. The sacral is more um, emotional and intimate than I thought it was. But again, I'm, I'm, this is, you know, I'm learning these. As I'm sharing them with you, I'm learning. So again, I'll do another one episode on this to um, not only recap but hopefully bring more information in regards to it and catch you up on how it's been working out for me Um, and last but certainly not least because it is number one is the root the root is at the base of our spine it uh, provides the foundation on which we build our life It is the representation of safety, security, and stability. And when this is out of balance, you have scattered energy, anxiety, and fear. So the same as anxiety with the throat chakra and just not being able to communicate, this anxiety is the root of your entire body. It is the root of everything that we deal with it's our foundation of our life it's the foundation of who we are it's the foundation it's our core you know i'm i'm pretty sure you've heard people say at the core of who you are it's the root yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful um because we talk about foundations and relationships foundations and friendships foundation in the business 
foundations in so many different areas, but we forget to think about ourselves and the foundation of our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our being, so that we can continue to um, grow and be uh, connected and, again, in alignment. I... (laughs) I've divulged some stuff about me personally, but that's okay. That's okay because this week, that's what my journey was about. It was understanding not only alignment, but taking 100% accountability for everything that I am, every choice that I've ever made, whether it was in this relationship or any other. It was stop playing the cause and effect, the blame complaining game um, and recognizing of um, not talking to others about what the issues are that I'm having, but yet only address it with the person that I have the issues with, which I do, which I do. But of course, as a woman, you know, I got my homegirls, so I'm talking to my homegirls and they giving advice. And, you know, sometimes I take it, sometimes I don't. Depends on what the scenario or the situation is. But nonetheless, um, You know, this week was very pivotal for me. It was very enlightening and empowering. And I am excited for the weeks to come, the months to come, the years to come. um, And just learning what I have learned over the last few days this week. Um, So this is going to conclude part one in alignment. I hope what I have shared with you thus far has helped you to uh, just think about where you are out of alignment within self and what you can, you know, do to get in alignment. Um, In the accountability, I will touch bases on meditation. So please stay tuned and listen to the second part. Before I end this part, I do want to share an acronym with you uh, that may help you Um, just to also stay in alignment to pack and unpack your bags daily. It is bags and it's breathe, affirmations, gratitude, and sit still in silence. So B is for bags, A is for affirmations, G is for gratitude, and S is for sitting still in silence. And You know, that also is something that goes into meditation, bringing it all together. So, again, I hope that you were able to gather some information from this first portion of the episode that can help you with getting in alignment and just understanding the spaces and the places that you may be out of alignment. Stay tuned for part two. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to part two of alignment and accountability. So in this portion, I'm going to be talking about accountability, 
and a little bit of meditation to like transition from alignment to accountability. The biggest thing is that we want to understand where we need to be in alignment, what could be off, checking ourselves at the gate, making sure, excuse me, we sit in our own crap, do a lot of self-reflection so that as we are saying, I'm going to be the best version of myself. I'm only in competition with myself. It is also being realistic about who you are. And if it's things about you that you don't want to or that you don't like and you want to change and you don't want to continue to do them, how do you get to that place? I am really big about meditating and praying. One, because I feel like sometimes I go into prayer with my thoughts all over the place. I'm scatterbrained. I'm emotional. I may be just an absolute train wreck. And then other times I don't. Now, I found the moments that I go into prayer less like confused and less frustrated are the moments when I meditate before I pray that I can just hone in on everything that I'm feeling. Again, feel where my body is stressed, feel where it's tight, bring all of my thoughts and my mind into one. So meditation basically is the practice in which an individual or ourselves uses a technique of mindfulness or, or focusing on the mind or the body. It could be focusing on a particular object, thought, or activity to train the attention and awareness for mental clarity and emotional calmness. An another way that meditation can be looked at is an introspective technique that increases awareness of who you are or what you are, which is a direct result of your abilities or decisions that you've made or the spaces that you've cultivate, cultivated for yourself. Most people start meditating and get into it feeling like I can't do this. I don't understand how people just sit here and are quiet. My mind and my thoughts are all over the place. But know that is to be expected when you start this process. Like we have a million thoughts going a mile a minute. After work, you're tired, you're stressed, you are still having to drive home, fight through traffic thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner, still got to do homework with the kids, or even if they're older kids, making sure that they are doing what they're supposed to do, checking report cards, making sure everybody's prepared for the next day. Like, it's a lot that happens inside of the mind. Then you're thinking about the people at work. You may be calling someone to vent about a situation that happened on a job, and that kind of goes into that complaining and blaming that I'm going to touch base on in a little bit, but meditation allows you to bring all of that stuff together. So to achieve great meditation, you want to, of course, find a comfortable, calm, and quiet space. If you are struggling to find that within your home, you may have to find it elsewhere 
in your car. You may have to take a drive to the park and just sit. And, and some people would call it your war room. I don't know if anybody who's listening has seen the movie War Room, but it is one of the movies that shows you, you know, how prayer and meditation go hand in hand and really become one. Yeah, that if you haven't seen the movie, check it out. It is a really good movie. I don't want to do any spoilers for any of those that are listening that haven't seen it. But it's a really good movie. Check it out. But your meditation space just really needs to be a quiet, calm, soothing space. Set a time limit for yourself. Don't feel like you got to sit there for 30, 40 minutes and overnight or in that time frame, you're going to become a meditation guru. Your body could be tired that day you decide to start. So you could end up falling asleep, which may not necessarily be a bad thing because then that's also saying that you calmed your spirit and your mind down and you gathered yourself that you were able to transition into a peaceful sleep but set a a realistic time frame I started at five minutes to be honest I did like I'm a busy bee I'm always moving always doing something my mind is a mile a minute thinking about my next venture, the next thing that I can create or make or write or speak about or do or whatever the case may be. And so I started with five minutes and then I did that for two weeks. And after that two weeks, I went into 10 minutes and I kept increasing five minutes until I hit a 20 minute marker where I was like, okay, I'm now getting agitated with sitting here this long. And so I decreased it back down to 15 because at that moment I saw that 20 minutes was still a little too much for me and I had hit a cap and I didn't want to force myself to do 20. So still right now I do 15 minutes, which feels really great for me. It allows me to bring all of my thoughts in. It allows me to really take charge of my day really allows me to start in that space of circling the W. I'm My goal is to circle as many W's as I can. And I ended the first portion with the acronym BAGS, which is breathe, affirmations, gratitude, and sitting still in silence. So starting the day off with meditation helps me now I don't know if it'll help you I know that some people have kids they have to get up in the morning get them ready for school however I would urge you to set the alarm clock maybe 30 to 45 minutes earlier than you would normally wake up and the reason that I say that time frame because it allows you to maybe hit the snooze button for five minutes really get up brush your teeth wash your face Take a moment to meditate and then kick into your normal drive of getting your day started. You will be tired at first because that extra 45 minutes of sleep you're used to getting. But if you continue to do it, it will become easier and easier. They say it takes, what, about 21 days to create a habit. And so if you consistently do it and you are 100% committed to doing this, thing of meditation to not only be centered but understanding and taking account 
of your day and the things that you've been through and where you would like things to be better and setting goals and all of these different things, you can start to circle those W's a lot more. And a lot of what I'm saying also is going to lead into accountability because this is something that just from experience I saw was spot on with helping me to get through my day. And I know y'all probably heard people a million times to say, write it down and set the goals and execute them and figure out the proper way to execute them. But let me be another person to say how powerful it really is. I have several agendas, two in my office, well, three in my office, one in my purse, one I keep in my car just in case like I run out of the house with just my keys, wallet, and cell phone. And I'm like, oh man, did I have something to do? Oh, I have a backup in my car. That way it keeps me on track. It keeps me focused. I'm not good about my phone just because I don't always have my phone in my hand unless I'm like trying to do some posts or things of that nature. But let me not get too far away from the topic of meditation. So in meditating, you want to notice your body. Are you tight? Are your shoulders stiff? Is your neck stiff? Do you have a headache? Are your eyes hurting? Does your feet hurt? Are your ankles swollen? Like, how does your body feel? You want to find that space and place where you can begin to calm down and unwind and just if you need to rotate your shoulders while you're sitting in this space to loosen up your muscles and things of that nature are you drinking enough water that's also another really big thing and con what you're consuming in your body I am not a water drinker but I've had to become one because I found that how my body functioned was of course so different than when I was consuming a bunch of juice and soda. And, and I'm not an alcohol drinker. Actually, I had my first drink in seven years. Yeah, about seven years since I had my last drink. I recently had one socially, very socially. I had the one. And then after that, I was like, yeah, I could go the rest of my life without having a drink. Though my favorite is Amaretto Sour. It was really good. And I am only a social drinker. It just... It didn't do anything for me. I really just felt like it would have been better for me to just have my water on the rocks or some juice. But nonetheless, what you're intaking in your body can also make your body feel tight and stiff. And are you stretching to keep your muscles and your joints loose? The next thing is feel yourself breathing. Is your breathing consistent? Is it sporadic? Do you have a hard time breathing? Do you feel out of breath? Are you feeling still out of breath or shortness of breath? Are you feeling winded when you try to slow your breathing down? Number five, notice if your mind is wandering off. And I'm going to elaborate in this portion right here because... Sometimes we want to start something new and we're so hard on ourselves because we feel like we're not doing it right or we don't know if we're doing it right. Be gentle with yourself when you're starting something new. 
Speak life and positivity over yourself when you're starting something new. You're not going to be perfect at it. You're not going to get it right off top. It's going to come with some trials and some tribulations. When I first started, again, I started at five minutes. My mind, I would start with feeling the breathing. And girl, next thing you know, I realized that my mind was thinking about the fact that I need to get my oil changed in my car. Or thinking about the fact that the, the grass needed to be mowed or I had a load of laundry that I needed to get out of the dryer. But every day I did this, every day I just took the five minutes and it became easier to a point where there were less squirrel moments and more moments of me being in the moment, in the space of where I am. And as I'm saying that, it leads into the next thing of being kind, again, to your wandering mind. Be kind to yourself. What you speak over yourself is what you are thinking, which transitions to your heart and outcomes, the words out of your mouth. So be kind to yourself. Love on yourself. Know that it is okay and you're going to get there. The next thing and final is still being kind. Is close with kindness. Remind yourself, girl, you did it. You sat through five minutes. You did a good job. Great work. We're going to do this again tomorrow. Same time, same space. Maybe you can incorporate some meditation music. I did. It worked for me. I found on YouTube meditation music just to help calm the mind and bring peace into my surroundings where I was. Now, here's the thing that I want to hone in on about meditation. And this will be a part of next episode topic. If the space around you is cluttered, is junky, is a cluster of just a bunch of stuff, an array of clothes and shoes and trash and misplaced items. Get your space in order first before you try to go into meditation because you can't have that clear mind without having some feng shui around you, okay? So let's make sure that we have a clean space, even if you have to use your car as your meditation place, be sure to have that clean space. Get rid of the cups and the trash and take the car and get it vacuumed out and wash it. And if you do that weekly or daily or whatever, just it, you will see a difference in how you feel, a difference in your being, a difference in your mindset. So that's just a little piece, a little bit of experience I'm going to sh- sharing with you all. <laughs> all right. Now, meditation is really beautiful. And again, it allows you to bring yourself into alignment. It allows you to have a sense of calm and peace and balance that you not only benefit from emotionally, but just in your overall health. 
It brings your energy points into alignment. And it really gives you that space to be able to think through all the clutter of the day and when life is lifing. Now, when life gets the lifing, see how these things are just transitioning right into each other. I love it. When life gets to lifing, you have to take accountability for every decision that you've made, every thought that you have had, every time that you decided to place blame on someone else for your actions, or every time you went and was complaining about someone else when you didn't talk to the person that you had the issue with. Accountability is a very powerful tool that we as human beings do not use enough. We do a lot of the cause and effect because she, I did, or because he, I did. Everybody has a choice in everything that they do. You don't have to respond to everything. And you, like, they literally say no response is a response. And that is facts. You don't have to respond to everything. But I'll use, of course, me as an example. Last week, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was talking about one of the garnishments that I was hit with probably about five months ago. Finished up the garnishment, but I was thinking to myself, or not even thinking to myself, I was saying out loud that a part of this is P's fault because if he hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have had to do that. And then we or I wouldn't be in this situation right now. But that's not factual. When P made his choice or any choices that he made, I had a choice in it. If I didn't like what was doing, I could have spoke, he was doing could have spoke up and said something. I could have walked away from the relationship a long time ago, but I chose to stay. Instead of trying to fix the situation by creating a new dynamic, fix the situation that we were in, or figure out a way to collectively fix the situation together. I didn't ruin me. Or, excuse me, the relationship didn't ruin me. I ruined me. I was in a space and place where I could have walked away a long time ago, but I didn't. And so I cannot consistently blame P for the choices that I made to stay in the relationship, period. Like, I knew that what I was receiving from him is not what I wanted. I knew that the things that I was choosing to do to try to keep our relationship going forward were my choices, not his. He didn't hold a gun to my head and say, oh, Chanel, go and get that other car after we just lost a car. It was literally figuring out how to fix that situation so it could be better or to fix and fix, figure out how to fix the finances so that it could be better, not 
add to the financial strength by going to go get a loan because he didn't do his part. Now, do I get it? It's okay, Chanel, you did what you had to do to make up for the difference of him not having it. However, I could have called the company and said, hey, this is what I have. Are you willing to accept this? And then we work out a payment plan. Or, hey, this is what I can do right now. What would be the outcome if I don't have it all? Or, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I made certain choices that I thought would be in the best benefit of us at that time. Now, am I paying for the consequences on the back end? Yeah, I am. But I take full responsibility for the fact that I made the choices that I made. And I take full responsibility for the fact that I stayed in a relationship with the hope of him growing and being the man that I was looking to be for him to be in the beginning. I set that expectation. I flick set myself up for that. Even down to having to take accountability for, okay, I'm the person that wanted out of the relationship, which means now I have to take accountability for the fact that I have the rent by myself, water by myself, electric by myself. I cannot look at him and say, oh, before you left, you should have helped me knock down A, B, C, X, Y, and Z. Boo, I told you to get the step in. So that means I knew full well that I was going to be taken care of and taking on all of the responsibility inside of our, or used to be our household that now has become mine. I am saying all of these things to say this to you. When you take accountability for your choices, your actions, your thoughts, everything about you, who you are, what you speak, just taking it all in, it makes it easier for you to become the best version of yourself. Stop complaining. <laughs> okay, here's another good example. Okay, so an old job. I didn't like the scheduling. The scheduling was all over the place. I never had like work-life balance. And instead of talking to my supervisor, I was talking to other coworkers. What am I complaining to them for? Because they can't change the situation. So I need to go talk to my supervisor. And if my supervisor doesn't change the situation, then I need to do what's best for me. Find someplace else to work so that I can have that work-life balance that I am looking for. Now, some people may say, oh, if you want to make it, that doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. Now, if I want to make it in my business, in my lane, in my career, there are moments that I'm not going to have that life-work balance that I want or that I'm going to have to be a bit selfish. I get that. However, if I go and choose a job that offers a position to me and I am hired for a schedule with benefits, with this amount of pay, and I live in that expectation and I don't get it, it is not for me to go and complain because I accepted the job. What it is for me to do is to go and talk to the person that can then make the changes of things that I am requesting or I have the final say-so in what I do. Now, 
if you choose to stay on a job until you retire, because you're looking at it like, I can't start a business, I got kids, I got bills, I can't do this, I can't do that, then you have to take accountability for the fact that you place those negative thoughts and those negative spaces around what you can and cannot do. You did that. Because you can literally do any and everything that you set your mind to. As cliche as that sounds, you really can. You really can. So I took charge of the fact that I didn't like it. I talked to the supervisor. She didn't change it. I went to her supervisor. He didn't change it. I went one more up the ladder and they didn't change it. And I made the change. I did the due diligence. I stopped complaining about what the situation was. I did what I was supposed to do to fix it. It didn't get resolved to the my liking, to the way that I wanted it, or was even within the parameters of a compromise. And so I chucked the deuces. I did. I chucked the deuces so that I could get that work-life balance that I wanted. Now I have it. It's not perfect, but I do have a better work-life balance that works within the parameters of my scheduling and the things that I want to still do within life. I get my days off. I get to travel. I get a better work-life balance. I stopped blaming P and others for the choices and the decisions that I made, and I forgave myself from my teenage life to my young adult life, to now where I am for the choices that I made that have prolonged my journey, I could have been successful. I could have been where I wanted to be a long time ago. But I spent so much time complaining and blaming and not taking accountability and being out of alignment and not understanding how to really pray and have the faith and belief of a mustard seed and being out of alignment within myself that like literally what was the space that I was really cultivating for myself but more headache more turmoil and this may be part of the podcast that nobody wants to listen to because it's no fun looking at yourself in the mirror and really taking accountability for all of your bs like legit if you go back to dude after he didn't whoop your butt a couple times or you know that your finances are jacked up with him or that he's a cheater or that he's not providing or giving to you, <clears throat> excuse me, what you're asking for or 100% that you two aren't equally yoked in any capacity of your life, not even just religion. You're just not equally yoked at all and you go back, you got to take accountability for that. Why? Because you have choices over your life. You choose, you made the choice to go back there. You didn't have to. Now, if you made the choice to go back and everything worked out to the benefit of he got better and he became everything that he said he was going to do and y'all put in the effort together, then great. But you still got to take accountability for the choice that you made to go back. I chose to come back here. You cannot continuously walk through life blaming others for your decisions and complaining when things don't go the way that you want them to go and you're not talking to the person 
to fix the situation or even saying to yourself, hey, you made the decision to take this job. Now you also can make the decision to walk away. You made the decision to stay in this relationship. You can make the decision to walk away. We got to be accountable for that. And here's the other thing in accountability. It is taking account for your emotions. You aren't your emotions, but it's taking accountability for the emotions and the things that you are feeling in this moment. Oh, okay, I'm mad. But in you being mad, is it going to cause you or are you going to make the choice to react in a way that could land you in jail? And if it does, then you got to take accountability for that because the other person can only push you as far as you allow them to. Ooh, this part is deep, y'all. And I'm going to have to do a second part to this one too because it's, it's really honing in on who you are as an individual and really taking account for it all. You cannot walk through life blaming others for it and again complaining about what doesn't work out in the space and the capacity of what you were thinking or set unspoken uh, expectations on people and a slew and a variety of things that all come in with taking accountability. Y'all, I didn't think that this part of it would be so deep, but I learned so much over the last week about accountability and growth and really being in alignment that I couldn't help but just be so compassionate about it and wanting you all to be the greatest version of yourselves as you're saying that you want to or if that is something that you're saying. So next week, we're going to pick up where we left off with this and dive back into accountability and we're going to lead that into feng shui. Next week may be another two-parter, y'all. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm growing it. And I hope that what I'm bringing you is helping you to grow in different areas and space and places in your life or information that you can share with other people that will allow them to grow and share the podcast with them. Share it with them, okay? Tell them to tune in every Thursday at 8 p.m., y'all. Before I close as well, I want to share with y'all every Friday now, Clubhouse episode or Clubhouse will be open at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're not following me on social media, please do so at Style, S-T-Y-L-E, the number two, Swank, which is O-L-L-C, which is my personal page, and at Provoke Change, which is the business page. I love you all. Know that I am rooting for everyone, especially myself. We can do this. We got this. And until next week, love, peace, and blessings.